Hello. Hello. Welcome to episode 15. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> My name's Andy. My name's Chris, and this is... <laughs> Adventure. <laughs> you know, you know what it is. <laughs> shambles, that's what it is. <laughs> Absolute shambles. <laughs> How are you, Chris? What's happening? I'm all right. Thank you very much. How are you doing? Yeah, not bad, not bad. Actually, tired, and I'll tell you for why. Uh, I was up late. I was finishing off watching The Last Dance on Netflix, which you recommended to me. Oh, wonderful. Yeah. yeah I just had two episodes left and I got to got to one episode left and it was late and I was like, I'm doing it. I have to do it. Yeah. And, oh, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm inspired. I can't wait for my basketball career to begin. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was one of the best documentaries I've ever seen. Genuinely fascinating and just brilliant i wanted to watch it again um so right talking about reality tv i am hooked on below deck right did i talk to you about this last week i think you talked to me about it but was it on the podcast i don't think it was on the podcast what is it i can't remember so so basically it's um you know you can get chartered yachts that sort of hold uh, they sleep like sort of eight people yeah it's all about the crew that go out and do the work on the chartered yacht so they so they take they take out people on sort of adventure cruises and stuff and they go out for like sort of three nights um and but you've got all these weird and wonderful characters on the on the cruise ship now this series this sort of program it's been going for i think six or seven series but netflix have got the first two series on and uh, me and my wife are just hooked on it <laughs> just absolutely hooked. it's so so trashy <laughs> but it's so it's it's really funny, and there's all the different dynamics. Of, I mean, it's it's so set up, you know, like these sort of reality TV oh, programs no, are. It? But it's just absolute. Well, no, I mean, I don't necessarily mean that it's set up. The program is set up, but just mm. stuff like there's, you know, like there's five blokes and there's five girls, and so they have they, they have mixed cabins, like two of them sharing bunk beds. There's no need for them to do that. <laughs> two girls could go together quite easily. No, we'll chuck them in. We'll chuck them in. But it's good, and there's like this uh, British lad called Ben who's the chef, and he's making all sorts of fantastic dishes, and it's just basically got free reign because it's all sort of millionaires who are hiring these, you know, hiring these boats, and it's quite funny. And at the end of it, because it's um, obviously the, America works quite differently with taxes and uh, sorry with tips, doesn't it? So a lot of their income is on tips. So at the end of it, they all just sit down with a big wad of cash and divvy up the tips, <laughs> and it's like, right, how much have we got this week? <laughs> it sounds. Dreadful. It is. Yeah, it really is. Uh, should we talk about music? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about music. We, let's just start the podcast now. Edit all that out. Oh, thank goodness. Um, what have you been listening to? What, what's, what's been going on? What you mean apart from this blooming epic that you've dropped on us this week? Apart from that. Yeah. Um, well, it's got, <laughs> it's got to be Bright Eyes, hasn't it? Yeah. The latest Bright Eyes album came out. You had a chance to have a listen? Yes, yeah. I I love it. Like I instantly, well, track track one is is their kind of not usual album opener, but the way they do things, their kind of odd montage slash what's going yeah. on here track, and um, they're so really, good at that, aren't they? they're brilliant at that. It really brings you into the album, and you sort of feel like something's happening. And then the the first actual song kicks off on track two, and I was immediately sort of transported to. Oh God, I love this band. It's like it's like they can do no wrong. I'm just just thrilled to hear them putting out another record, and I, I don't feel like I've got all the way through it yet. I don't think I have. Uh, I've had it on in the background a couple of times, so uh, I need to give it some dedicated listening time. But 
so mm. far loving it what about you yeah i'm only one listening but i really really like it i, I love the, the track 13 calais to dover really cool really really good great great album and um making me very excited to go and see them next year because we did have tickets didn't we yeah we were going to be going to see them damn it we will um i don't know if i've been listening to anything else really uh, well you've sort of kiboshed any other listening time haven't you because i mean we'll get into this in a minute but you have yeah. blimey charlie what have you picked us this week who's <laughs> <It was> charlie <laughs> Char- charlie's a nutter that picks a black metal album <laughs> yeah well yeah we can talk about that we can talk about that should we just get into it let's get into it right chris you're up first what did you choose for us this week so this week I have picked Inlet by Hum. So Inlet is the fifth studio album by Illinois shoegaze alternative rockers Hum. Um, it is, however, the first album that they've released in 22 years, and it was recorded over three years. So this is clearly a band <laughs> who like to do things on their own time. Um, Hum, on paper, are a band that we probably should have heard of because they're very big in the in the 90s, or you know, they, they were quite big on that whole 90s scene, that, that whole sort of shoegaze alt rock, and they've a, a number of bands that we like namely the Deftones, have cited them as heavy influences. Oh, really? Mm. I don't know if I see that. Maybe I need to listen to some of their other stuff. Anyway, sorry, crack on. Yeah, so it, it's the more that I read about the band, the more I thought, yeah, we probably should have, uh, should have heard of them. Anyway, this album was released back in June. It was originally uh, released on Bandcamp. Which is uh, which is pretty cool. Mm. Uh, as I said, it's very shoegaze. It's very alt rock. It's got that classic '90s sound, both in the playing, in the production. Um, there's lots of layered stuff mm-hmm. going on. There's quite a lot to get into with this one. Um, so I'm going to throw it back to you, Andy. And my, and my initial question is: Did hum make you hum? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I'm just going to answer that how I want to answer it. So it's made me think. Immediately, I thought like stoner rock, and then immediately on track one, waves they bring in that total my bloody Valentine shoegaze riff, kind of higher up on 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 the mm. second guitar, and it's uh, yeah, you know, it's it's very plain to see if you if you've heard Loveless <laughs> that there is a, a shoegaze element here, and and that was a, almost a steal from them. I thought. Um, but it really works well all through the album. I think there's there's these really big riffs, really sludgy guitars. Oh, massive riffs! And then and then there's this other guitar, sort of playing almost twinkly stuff in the background. Yeah. And, and together, yeah. It, it just it made me think of Smashing Pumpkins quite a lot as well because they did uh, it. That's interesting. Yeah, because not not in not entirely, but in the way that Pumpkins have that sort of grunge, but not slightly glam. Sparkly, yeah. spacey, space rock. See, yeah, see, I I describe that. I, I know exactly where you're coming from in that second guitar. I put it's pretty much throughout the whole album. You've got this constant second guitar, which is sort of playing over the riffs, mm. um, and it sounds really spacey, like very sort of space rock. Mm. Um, it's it's really good because I think 
a lot of the time you really sort of have to sort of zoom in on what the other guitar mm-hmm. is doing. It's not dead obvious all the time, and and you know it's just it's playing. It's really adding to everything on the album, but you've really got to sort of um, really got to sort of focus in on it and you know totally. listen to it and and you know. It's almost like they're at odds with each other, the two guitarists. It's almost like there's yeah. a little sort of battle going on between them, but they're not they're not on the same battlefield or something. They're, yeah. they're, they're playing two different songs. Like on uh, on track three, Desert Rambler, I thought it begins like a proper stoner track or like a Fear Factory track, I thought, as well, with the, the kind of guitar sound there. It really comes out like, um, like something off of the Obsolete album from the late 90s. Um, but once that second guitar comes in it's like what what this is just a completely different song you're playing but i just i thought it worked really well it's it's kind of odd but but i think it's their thing and i think that's what makes them stand out totally well it's that's the thing it's i I think that this is a a huge album for guitarists i think if you're a guitarist there's a lot to enjoy with this album like i say that second guitar is it's just like the tones there's loads of interesting intense musical tones going on there's so much there for guitarists to sort of, you know, really, really dig into. This other guitar's kind of playing this chuggy riff, mm-hmm. all, you know, through a lot of the songs. He's really, like, sort of holding it down. They, they strike me, when I imagine this band, I've not seen anything of them playing live. I've not, not even seen what they look like. I imagine that this band has definitely got one guitarist whose face you would never see throughout the <laughs> entire duration of a show because he'd either be facing his amp or he'd be bent double over his pedals. Do you know yeah. what I mean? It's like that, that whole sort of dead low guitar thing going on. Um, but I think it, it does, it really interested me, not being a guitarist, it, all the tones and all the different sounds and textures like really mm-hmm. interested me in this. Yeah, they they do a lot of um, loud, quiet stuff as well as the album progresses, I think, more so. Um, where they like they finish off the album with, I felt like they sounded a bit like American football. You know the, that. Yes, that I band thought that really yeah. brings the guitar tone down really clean, and it's both guitars working sort of together on that in that sort of intricate uh, riffing in the space of each other uh, way, which which works really well when American football do it. And it was interesting to hear them them doing that here as well. It's obviously not that they're trying to be American football. But it sounded very similar. So this is an interesting point, right? Because mm. the band have obviously been going for ages. I found it quite hard to figure out who they have influenced and who they are being influenced by. Whoa, because okay. I'm hearing all these... Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm hearing all these things in there. Mm-hmm. You've obviously got My Bloody Valentine that, you know, I'm sort of... I'm, I'm hearing that. The second song for me sounds like Queens of the Stone Age. It's got that sort of real, mm-hmm. you know sort of stoner stoner riff there's bits of it um there's uh the summoning it's got that real sort of oh, slow yeah, yeah. slow dirgy tempo yeah that to me it sounds like a black sabbath riff yeah but it's also it's it's also got elements of sad but true by metallica in there it's that and i think that's more the feel it's more the tempo of it mm-hmm. it's like really slight i'll have to say it's much better than metallica sad but, true. <laughs> but it's um it's got that it's that it's that whole tempo and i think probably with the exception to step into you mm-hmm. the whole album is of that tempo it's got a swagger mm-hmm. to it yeah yeah step it's, into it's you it's very mid slow tempo throughout the whole album it's got that real sort of it feels a bit cocky it feels like it feels the the swagger of the album mm-hmm. do you know yeah, what i mean i do know what you mean and it's it's funny that you mentioned step into you because when i hit that i was like oh this sounds like this would be the single this is like the upbeat totally. one on the album but one of the things I found about this, yeah, it's got swagger all over all the instruments. 
but the vocals, every track, the vocals surprised me. Mm. <laughs> I don't know why. It was almost like you've got. I wrote I wrote Fear Factory about three times as a as a as a reference. I think it might be the guitar tone, Dinosaur right. Junior as well, things like that. But every time the vocals came in, I kind of thought Wilco, or right. or I kind of thought uh, Thurston Moore because it's quite gentle, quite behind everything else in the mix and 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 it's like a song like step into you where you're kind of going all right this is where they start rocking out yeah at, at a bit of a pace and he kind of still comes in really conversationally really kind of quiet well this is it it's it's really the vocals are quite lifeless and i don't mean that as a criticism but initially i wasn't sure about this album to begin with it, it has grown on me massively mm-hmm. over the week and, I, and I, I really enjoy it. I think this album gets better with every listen. Mm-hmm. But initially those vocals, I was like, oh, this is a bit <laughs> not so sure about it because it is, it's real sort of set back in the mix, mm-hmm. like yeah, you say. And totally. I love I love the idea of describing someone's vocal style as lifeless, not <laughs> being an insult. <laughs> Hey, but you mate. know what I mean? Oh, you're the singer from Mum. <laughs> oh, can I just say, your vocals are lifeless. <laughs> yeah, fair oh, enough. Thanks. All right. I might not have picked the best word. I might not have picked the best word. <laughs> no, but I know exactly what you mean. And it does, yeah. it does take some getting used to. And in the, in the shoegaze way, they sit behind everything else. And so if you go, oh, okay, this is a shoegaze record, then it seems all right. But if you're if you're listening to this expecting it to to hit sort of another gear, it it doesn't at any point. No, and I think in some ways that that's that's part of the thing, and that's that works great. In other ways, it, it leaves you leaves you wanting. It's like a real slacker vibe to these really rocking songs. And yeah, I don't know. Sometimes I was a bit like, oh man, just 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 let it rip. And and he's not that kind of vocalist, and some people aren't, and that's. That's fine. Again, it's part of what I do. But there were points where I was like, oh, just just make it lift a bit. You yeah. know, just, just get it off the ground a bit. And um, I get that. I know what you mean. I and, do I do get that. And I felt like That which, step into you is definitely as close as it comes to it. Yeah, I step into Christmas. What a tune. Yeah. Uh, but Imagine uh, if Elton John was singing this one. <laughs> Shapeshifter is the last track on the album. And again, that's like a great riff. And again, expecting the song to take off, but it sort of doesn't. There's sort of surprising chord choices in there as well sometimes. I think this song is a real kind of, uh, gives a really good example of that. It's like, you think the song's going to go one way, you think it's going to like lift off, but actually they sort of take it to a chord that doesn't quite resolve and then move it to a Mm. different place. And the vocals never quite get there either. And you're just like, okay, and then, and then, you know, a couple of minutes left on that track and it goes really quiet. It does the American football thing, which you've heard in kind of fits and starts throughout the album. It's like, okay. And then it's kind of finished. And they say, reaching for you, finding your hand is the last lyric. And it's quite nice. It's quite poignant. But then it's over and it's like, oh. You know, mm. we often talk about albums having a really a big opener or a big end or not big necessarily, but a good one, something that really yeah. kind of signifies right. We've arrived, right. We're leaving this one. I felt like definitely with waves, you got your album opener but with shapeshifter. I was like, Oh man, is, is there another one? Is that it? Are you done? Yeah. Oh man, I wanted it to be bigger. 
Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Uh, uh, that first track, Waves, I mean, you've mm. just got like a full-on wall of guitars how, yeah. how it starts, haven't you? It's like such a big tune. It's 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 great. Um, something that I've got a slight issue with, right? So there's eight songs on this album. Hmm. Four of them start with countings. <laughs> yeah, I knew, I knew you were going to have a problem with that. You, I, you I hate knew, hearing a count. I knew that you knew that I was going to have a problem with that. <laughs> but just, it, I don't get it. I mean, it's, fair enough. Once fine you know I, mm. I, I get it it gives sort of the illusion that it's, it's live and it gives that sort of feel to it not even necessarily the illusion but it's got that sort of feel it's, mm-hmm. but I just just edit the count out <laughs> just, just come love, in all together I love the counting on, on the sloppy hi-hats you know I'd proper... love uh, yeah absolutely but do you want it on 50% of the album <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah okay fair play go on we're giving them a bit of a paste in here old hum uh, you know I've really enjoyed no, this album. No, not at all. I've, I've, I've really enjoyed. Yeah, I've, re- I've really enjoyed the album. I've really, really enjoyed the album. I like the fact that it's. I like, the, like I was saying before, I like the fact that it's very layered. Mm-hmm. On first listen, you can think, right, okay, it's a, it's a sort of, um, you know, uh, A to B straightforward rock album. Mm-hmm. But it, actually, when you do a bit of digging further into it, it's not. And the stuff that I really like, there's a lot of clever stuff going on. Uh, Cloud City. Oh, which Cloud is, which City, is, yeah, yeah. It's just a just a work of odd time genius. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got like you've got, got your main riff, your main riff, main riff in sort of six. It flirts with a bit of seven, goes into what I guess you call the chorus section, which is in five. Yes. Then the good. drums do this sort of the drums do this sort of weird metric modulation thing where yeah. they start he starts shifting the snare to a different pulse and stuff. And oh, I don't understand most of what you just said, but I had written down uh, five or ten in chorus. Well done. <laughs> well done. I mean, that's that's basic counting, really. I should I should have got the hang of that thirty years ago, but uh, I'm pleased with myself. Yeah, I really enjoyed that. But then you've also got to. I, I keep coming back to step into you. I think step into you. I will say, would be my choice for the playlist. Would it? Um, I think it's the strongest song on the album. Mm-hmm. Well, that and waves. But I think step into you. It's it's the most upbeat rocker mm-hmm. on the album. It's the shortest one. Clocks in at just over four minutes. It kind of stylistically it reminds me a little bit of um, core era Stone Temple Pilots. It's mm-hmm. like early that it's that sort of early sort of grunge stuff. But I love the guitar solo on it. It's it's quite simple. It's like the, like the guitarist plays the same motif three times in a row and then the fourth time he changes it and then he goes on to do something a little bit fancier um, but similar sort of pattern where he's, he's, he's following the same it's a bit more syncopated what he's playing but he's following the same pattern idea and you know he's, he's repeating that just giving the, the whole thing tons of room to breathe really mm-hmm. it's very it clever a lot, a lot of the musicianship on her is, is amazing and I think they're, they're way with repetition so like you say with that guitar solo I think the big wrist kind of cycling round and round and round even though most of it isn't in an odd time signature it's it's still very interesting and a lot of these songs even though they're really long they pass quite quickly because there's there's lots going on and yeah. you kind of there's a hypnotic aspect to the repetition that you just sort of get into but yeah. then there's also kind of little tricks here that make you put your ears up and go, okay, totally. this is good. It's like, like in, I, th- I think the summoning is probably my favorite track. That's track five, the one after Step Into You. 
Yeah, and that's that's the one I was saying with the, like sort of the the black black Sabbath yeah. riff on it. Yeah, I love that riff. And then I was making my notes, and uh, I, I made a note that it goes quiet at, and I just checked the time. And it goes quiet at six minutes and thirty seconds. Yeah, and it's like yeah. whoa, okay, I didn't realise it had been that long because you're just listening to it, enjoying it. They're yeah. pulling tricks out of the bag. Yeah. And one thing I will say about the singing and and uh, the lyrics actually is that it's really um, it's really spacey. I don't really know what this guy's ever going on about, and yeah. I love that. I love not having to kind of. I mean, I, there's a lot about lyrics that you can take at face value that are really good as well. Someone like Conor O'Burst from Bright Eyes writes really understandable, relatable lyrics, paints beautiful pictures, and makes you feel things this guy uh just just sings about parasites and and uh the autumn and uh just spacey things like the sky and mm. i don't really know what he's singing about and i love that as well because it fits the aesthetic of the music and it doesn't make you try and interpret that side of things you can just enjoy it yeah i think though i think kind of in conclusion really on this album i i i've really really enjoyed it i think it's been a great album i'll definitely continue to listen to this i I like the fact i really enjoy your band and going back to right back to i think episode three uh in this series when we talked about low rider um when we discussed those i really like a band who know how to let a riff build Mm -hmm. and just give it time to grow you ain't getting a radio edit from this band you know what i mean it's (laughs) There's quite a few of the songs. It can be a good couple of minutes before the singing comes in. Yeah. But I love that they're letting the riffs bed in. It's, totally. it's, it's very, very cool. And also similar similar to Lowrider, it's a bit of a nostalgia trip because it's got that 90s, like the production of it, like especially the drums. It's like mm-hmm. sloppy cymbals, massive snare, huge overall drum sound to it. You know, And the drummer's, drummer, drummer never really plays anything fast. It's all bang, solid. Correct me if I'm wrong, but is... And some of the tracks is he kind of dragging the song massively, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that whole, yeah, almost like a sort of Pink Floyd song, yeah, almost playing, totally. playing behind the beat. Mm, and it feels that really works as well, kind of lilting into these different riffs. And it's, uh, I think, uh, just the style of guitar playing really fits beautifully with the style of drumming, mm-hmm. and it really yeah, adds totally. to that whole kind of spacey stoner aesthetic. And um, yeah, it actually makes, even though it's huge, huge rocking. Uh, sounds coming out of this. It's actually quite a laid-back album, I think. Yeah, it's getting great reviews. It seems to Is have gone it? down well. Yeah, big time. Yeah, big well time. Done, well done. So, you know, mm. let's uh, let's see what they knock out in the next 22 years. Mm. <laughs> so, album number two. Album number two was your choice, Andy. What yes. the devil have you picked us this week? <laughs> Uh, my choice this week was uh, Im Wald by Paysage de Hiver. So, uh, Paysage d'Hiver. So, this this album, Invald, uh, is uh, a two-hour-long uh, black metal album. Two-hour, one-minute. Is it? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so it's the release uh, of of one guy. The band Paysage Diver is actually one guy. His name is Tobias Mockel, or his uh, his his band alias is Winter, which I think means Mister Winter in a sort of weird English German hybrid. And he's from uh, a town called Bergdorf in Switzerland. Uh, and he's also a member of Dark Space, which is another ambient black metal band, which I do own a couple of albums of, um, but wasn't really aware he was anything to do with. So I don't think it matters. Anyway. Um, it doesn't matter now, does it? <laughs> <laughs> Wasted a week listening to it. <laughs> right. Before we before we uh, continue your assassination, I think I'll, I'll get a few more facts in. <laughs> so uh, this is... The the name Paysage Diva means landscape of winter. So the whole album is about winter and actually everything he releases is about winter. And so all throughout the album, you've got this sort of weird, um, it opens with it and it underlays every track, this weird sort of tramping through snow, wind howling through trees type noise. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back now. I'm going to go back to a Kerrang special back in the 90s where they talked about black metal and I read it and was just fascinated with it, um, not having really heard it before. I think Cradle of Filth were on the cover. <laughs> and um, and I was fascinated with the story of like mayhem and the Norwegian church burnings of the early 90s. Do you know, do you know about mayhem? Do you know the story mm-hmm. of mayhem? So no. they were one of the sort of early Norwegian black metal bands and their guitarist, Euronymous, was um, murdered one night by a Varg Vikernes, who was a, a rival black metal guy. Um, I think murdered at the studio or the record shop where they worked or something. Uh, Varg Vikernes, also known as Count Grishnak. Uh, they all have multiple... Catchy. Yeah, I know. They're, they're, they're into their names. But he, he kind of went to prison for that, plus... Uh, plus for burning three churches <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, he he, uh, he released a lot of music under the name Burzum so he spent about 15 years in, in prison but Burzum was a big influence on Paysage de Hiver uh, and uh, lovely lovely story nice <laughs> story um, you got you got to have heroes anyway that, so that was kind of ambient black metal and I think this is kind of considered ambient black metal so with stuff like this, the production, the lo-fi production and stuff is is very in keeping with the aesthetic and it's it's how they want to do things. Like this album was originally only released on vinyl right. and I saw it on Rate Your Music, which is a place I often go for sort of obscure things that I want to get into. And it was like at number two in the top thousand of... 2020 and I was like what how do I get hold of this there's only 300 copies available like why have people rated it so highly and it's you know I don't really understand that but then it got a digital release but actually making it hard to get hold of and and keeping it underground is part of the black metal thing it's not meant to be mainstream Uh, okay like in his other band he's the only member who's actually been named this Tobias Mockle guy um but there's two other members in that band who haven't been named so is they're all about kind of keeping anonymity and bit, being a bit mysterious bit mystic right okay yeah so <laughs> that's that's kind of what fascinated me about it i remember being at a club actually my mate matt used to be a dj and uh, in uh, the cartoon in croydon 
And I remember him uh, clocking a couple of black metal fans sitting on the one side of, of the room and going, oh, God, I'm going to have to play some black metal. And he put on some Emperor or something. And the guy got up very politely, just sort of walked to the middle of the floor. The, the whole dance floor cleared and he just sort of stood with his legs, you know, a good couple of shoulder whips apart and bent over and just sort of windmilling his hair. <laughs> Did that for about four minutes till the track ended. Looked over at the DJ booth, gave Matt a kind of like, thank you, nod, and then sat down again <laughs> for the rest of the night. Brilliant. So, I, so I've never really, I've never really understood black metal. I've never really got to grips with it. I, I don't know if, um, uh, I've got one Emperor album. I don't know if this album is really going to um, make me fall in love with it, but I was too scared to listen to it of my own accord. So I thought I'd do it with you, Chris. Um, oh right, I was, well that's what I was going to get to. I was going to ask <laughs> what what made you pick this one, and now we know. So you've been joking, basically. Well, not joking, as it turns out, about <laughs> picking picking a two hour one minute. Um, <laughs> so thirteen songs over two hours one minute, or as I like to relate it to, seventy two second grade songs. <laughs> <laughs> I know which I prefer to listen to. Um, okay, let's be let's be constructive about this, right? Because okay. this is something completely new. It's something completely different to what I would normally listen to, um, and in that sense, it has been a bit of an education. When we listen to albums, as we do for this podcast, and when we we you know we pick an album and we have a week to listen to them, I like to listen to an album eight times. I like to try and average it out of one a day, and then the day we do the recording, I like to try and listen to the album a couple of times. That's what I like to do. Mm. And you know, the first couple of listens might be it's on in the background, it's on when I'm in the car when I'm going somewhere. Then as the week progresses, I listen to it in more details. This was absolutely not happening with this album. <laughs> It's not the kind of thing you can just have on. It's like... I ain't got sixteen hours to kill in a week, man. For what? For one? For one? That's true. But I mean, I've I've not. This is like, you know, when you watch uh, a film. Usually, it's like a sort of horror film or something. You know, we've all got those films which we think are great, but you can't watch it in one sitting. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit like that, where you know, there's. I could not get this get through this album in one sitting. A, a lot of the reason was is because. I found it quite hard to listen to the production that that whole lo-fi production it, it so it comes across it, it for me it felt like it didn't have much definition I didn't know that that's the whole sort of vibe mm-hmm. that they're going for that that lot but to me it just sounded very basic very distorted very thin it's super samey mm-hmm. like you know the 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 drums <laughs> I mean I could drop you in anywhere on the album in numerous places and the drums pretty much <laughs> doing the same beat the cymbals just sound horrible I didn't even Did, notice the cymbals uh, it but it's like the really that you know it's 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 quite it is quite difficult to listen to I will say you know the interlude bits which kind yeah. of sound like sound like um year 9 geography students on a field trip <laughs> that's actually the most interesting parts of the album for me, the, the little ambient instrumental. Yeah, bits. there's some yeah, nice stuff. Like there's them, some yeah. nice stuff going on there. Yeah, so there's what four or five of them throughout the album. Yeah, but the thing is, they're very, very similar, aren't they? They don't yeah, really yeah. do anything different. They're all extremely similar. It's I, I see. Well, I don't know if they're trying to do this or not, but it or him. I didn't realize it was one guy. Mm. It feels to me like it just gives it a little bit of relief mm-hmm. in between the the you know the the sort of the battering of the <laughs> of the tunes. Yeah. 
no I'd, I'd see that i I started to make a note of when these instrumentals occurred because it was like, oh, is there is it is it like they he paired them off with every kind of brutal track? He's he's gone right here. Here's your break, which would have been quite yeah. nice. Uh, he hasn't quite done that, but they're, they're sort of nicely interspersed throughout the album. Um, it it is very samey, and you know the tracks are sort of roughly what ten twelve minutes long. When they're yeah. not a little instrumental, they are that long, and you know. It, <laughs> you don't really get a lot of variety in what they're what he's doing. There's the odd, there's the odd thing that comes as a bit of a surprise. So right, at the, right near the end of is it Coulter? Sh- sh- help me out with these. Help me careful, out with mate. Careful. Where was that one? Uh, that is track ten. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So right towards the end, there's a little little synth pops up, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. So like this little, like this little synth line. Um, yeah. And that sort of, and there's a synth in another bit as well, and then what, then that sort of comes on. You go, oh, mm-hmm. something a little bit different, you know. It, the it's church quite a... choir voices at the start of uh, streaming in wild. Yeah, um, I th- it's it's funny because it is very very samey. It kind of becomes a bit hypnotic. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I kind of liked it when I put on track one in Winterwald, uh, which translates as in the winter forest. Um, I was trying to get some work done and I'm terrible for focus sometimes. I was like, God, just, just, I need something to fill my head and just not let me kind of take my eyes off what I'm doing. And, you know, just managed to focus on this difficult thing I was doing for the 10 minute long track and had it done. And it was like, wow, this Mm. is actually, (laughs) I might be able to use this album. (laughs) And, uh, and that was one of the reasons as well that it kind of made me think, right, this is, this is what I'm going to uh, suggest. It, but it is it is quite hypnotic and it does kind of drag you in uh, in some ways. And I think once you get into a track, if you listen to it one track at a time, I'm not saying listening to it for two hours is any good, but once you get into a track, you do sort of, it does pass relatively quickly and you sort of, a new section emerges and something else happens. And it is quite hard to distinguish the sections because I think maybe they're defined by a slightly different beat or slightly mm. different instrumentation, but all the guitar riffs follow a very, very similar scale, similar pattern, yeah. similar speed. You do get things like choirs and synths. And at one point uh, on the track, Le Rave Lucide, um, track eight, there's a violin in the background, some strings. It just reminded me of Godspeed, you Black Emperor, uh, which I thought was pretty cool. So the, there is stuff going on but it's, uh, there's little to make the tracks stand out from one another, I think. You know, there's some really hard-hitting stuff, but it's all hard-hitting. And for me, not being that familiar with the genre or, or with this guy's other material, this is his 11th album, um, it's, like, it's like looking at something and not knowing enough about it to distinguish yeah. one thing from another. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I get, I get that. I get that. Mm. It is interesting what you were saying before about put, you know, putting it on and it, it's and it's sort of merging into the background because it, it does do that. It's I found it an album that was I found it quite difficult to concentrate on the album and it, it did end up quickly sort of just drifting into the background. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with the, nothing to do with the length of the album at all. I think that that happened quite instantly for me. It just sort of almost becomes background noise. It, it also as well, it's it's quite it's funny that the. Um, it's it's funny that the uh, the the way the vocals are sometimes delivered. So I mean, if we're gonna 
go for standout track on the album, I mean, might as well give it a go. Um, <laughs> for me, I'd go, I'd go alt. Would oh, would be my you? standout track on the album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, but if you listen to the vocals on that, they're barely there. Mm-hmm. And also at parts in that song, it sounds like everyone in the band is just completely doing their own thing. All that oh, he's yeah. doing is completely their own thing. There's um, piano in that. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite nice, that. Quite eerie. But it's quite um, quite relaxed as well. Everything else is pounding away, and this piano riff comes in at a very yeah know, like school book piano. Yeah, I mean this is going to be a tough one to pick a song for the playlist. I think <laughs> it's going to ruin the playlist. Um, it's going to ruin the playlist. I would go with uh, Stephen Imvald, which uh, which is track six, which means voices in the forest, and it starts with that kind of choir uh, thing. And uh, it's nice and freaky, uh, you, but you kind of know what's coming. There's four bars of this odd four-four church choir vocal thing, and you're like, by by the end of the fourth bar, you're like, okay, here it comes, and then and then it comes in with like, you know, yeah. I, I kind of saw that coming. By yeah, track yeah, six, yeah. you're like, okay, this wasn't going to be a, a kind of a cappella. It's funny with that um, that whole sort of blast beat thing that's going on with the mm. drums. Because, like I was saying, it sort of becomes a little bit hypnotic and you, you lose where the beat is. So all of a sudden, the snare becomes the pulse rather than be playing on the offbeat. You're like, dug, 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 and all, all of a sudden... It's like, you know, sometimes when you hear like a um, an ambulance siren and it, it sounds different when you start listening to it. Do you know what I mean? Like sort of shifts or you hear an alarm and it starts to sound different however you're listening to it. It's a bit like that. It's sort of like the, the, sh- the pulse shifts in your yeah. head while you're listening to it. I guess that's one of the things about having such long songs. It's like you you have that time for it to play that kind of trick on you. It's like yeah. this sort of goes on. These passages of music go on for that long that you're like, okay, I've, I've sort of lost where I am in this a bit and you've picked up a different bit. Maybe, again, that's part of the aesthetic. I don't really know. It's, um, yeah. It is weird, isn't it? The fact that there's an entire genre devoted to this type of music and this is a sort of one of the standout releases of 2020 is, I don't know, that's one of the wonderful things about music. There's something for everyone. It's a good point. And what I would say as well is, you know, all joking aside, this week I have listened to an album that I would never have listened to. I've listened to a genre of music that I haven't listened to before and that I wouldn't, you know, consciously go and pick out myself to listen to. So, you know, thanks for that. It has (laughs) been, it's a good choice in that, in the fact that it's sort of opened my horizons a little bit to that and it's been nice to sort of dip my toe in i think mm. if i was searching for a word to distract to describe the album it would be arduous but, um... <laughs> five stars <laughs> yeah but like i said it's this is the whole purpose of doing this project of doing this podcast is to listen to new music it's to listen to stuff that we wouldn't normally do and you know, I would definitely say to the listeners, just, you know, don't necessarily listen to the, for the full two hours <laughs> and one minute, but, you know, I, pop your head into the album for 10 minutes and see what you think. Yeah, you're really sore about that extra minute, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I'd agree with that. I mean, it's not it's not something I'm going to be recommending to people, I don't think. I, there's part of me that would love to uh, go to a, proper black metal gig but i know that if i rock up in a lumberjack shirt and a pair of jeans everyone's gonna be <laughs> yeah. like what are you doing here and i'll feel even more out of place than if i went to see i don't know creeper i'd like to watch it on youtube but i bet they don't let you film <laughs> no, no. but it's um it's interesting and it is it is the kind of thing that i thought well you know if not for an adventure in new music then 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 when the hell am i ever going to listen to this 
but it was funny, man. Trying to sneak listens in this week because I've had a, I've had a week off work, went camping and stuff. It was like, oh, what should we listen to in the car? It's like, shall I listen to my new? Album? <laughs> it's like, no, maybe not. And it's like you know, you put it on while you're tidying up, and someone comes downstairs and you immediately bang it off like it's some kind of guilty pleasure you shouldn't be listening yeah, to. Because yeah. you know, it's just like, everyone's going to be like, what the hell is this? One of the weird things I found about it is that like, there's there's so much going on. I wanted to, I wanted to really get into it. So I put it on headphones and, and partly because I didn't want anyone else to hear it. But the more you turn it up, the less you can distinguish what's going on. Yeah, totally. It's totally. Like, don't, don't understand yeah. any of it. No, but, uh, no. An experience, uh, an experience you should try, if only to open that door and then close it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cover's very good. I do like the cover. Yeah, all the artwork uh, for his other stuff as well, sort of creepy lone figures on wintry landscapes. And It absolutely suits it, doesn't it? I mean, it's mm. very dark, bleak, cold. The fr- I mean, you look at that front cover and you're not like, okay, here we go, we're going to have a, a blooming pop hit on our hands here, <laughs> are we? You know, you know what you're going to get. I reckon. I reckon that's a fair assessment. Yeah. Some albums you can judge by their covers. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't have that. Right then. That'll do, eh? I think so. That'll do. <laughs> so that was Adventures in New Music, episode 15, where we chatted about my album, which was Inlet by Hum. And my album, which was Involved by Paysajda. He there. Cool, what a week. Well, it was a good week. Well, mm. it was a week. It was a week. <laughs> <laughs> that was the week that was. That was the week that was two hours of black metal. <laughs> and one minute. Yeah. What uh, What you got for next week then, Christopher? So my choice of album for next week is Life Drawing by Mr. Ben and the Bens. And I've heard track three, Danny. Very nice. And my choice is R2 Skins by Gordy, which is G-O-R-D-I. And I've heard track two, Aeroplane Bathroom. So get those in your ears in time for next week. If you've enjoyed listening, please don't forget to like and subscribe and tell your friends. And don't forget you can find us on Instagram, Adventures in New Music. Or email us at adventuresinnewmusic at gmail.com. And do check out our website, adventuresinnewmusic.com. We're on there. You'll find links to listen to all the albums, as well as our playlist and the show notes where we put tons of links. So do check it out, because I literally spend about 25 minutes a week updating it. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Because I spent hours editing this stuff. (laughs) Short change. Right. Um, That'll do, eh? Yeah. Cool. (laughs) See you later, then. See you next week. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs>